The following broadcast is brought to you by Sons of God International and Freedom Fellowship Church. Hello, and welcome to the prophetic voice of our time, where we focus on the voice of prophecy, which is the testimony of Jesus Christ. Our host, Christina Sasso, is a senior pastor at Freedom Fellowship Church. Let's hear what she has to say to the body of Christ. Hello, thank you for tuning in. My name is Joshua Sasso with Freedom Fellowship Church and Sons of God Ministries International, and you are listening to the prophetic voice of our time. Now, lately, we've been talking about governance, specifically governance in the kingdom of God, because God wants the body of Christ to step into governance in this season. But in order for that to happen, right, the church itself has to fall back in alignment with God's ways of governance, God's systems of governance, which means that we're removing these kind of man-made structures that we set up where there's this special class of people that are, oh, these are the people that are more anointed, these are the people that are special, and then they are the ones who take the leadership role. No, no, no. In the new system of governance, it's God who's at the top, the Holy Spirit leads in everything, And everything else has to submit to the will of God, which means if some of our traditions come in conflict with the will of God, it is our traditions that have to yield, not God. But before we can step into governance, we really have to get back to basics, which is that we really need to begin exploring stepping into the will of God in our individual lives, right? Before we can step into governance in various industries, such as entertainment or finance or whatever industry or calling God has placed you in, right? If God has called you to a place, it's because he intends that you would establish the kingdom of God in that arena, right? So when God called the nation of Israel, he took them out of captivity from the Egyptians. And then they went through a period of trials in the wilderness where they had to rely on God, right? They had no way to get food. They had no way to get water. And so God brought water from the rock. God rained manna from heaven, right? Now that was not the end of their journey, okay? That was really just the beginning of their journey. They got taken out of captivity and had to walk through the wilderness and learn how to trust God and learn how to obey God. The wilderness, though, was preparation for the promised land. And the promised land was a place where a nation was established whose God is the Lord. Right? Because when Israel was first established as a nation, they didn't have kings. There was no special ruling class. It was just God's people and God was their leader. Right? And he would raise up prophets. He would raise up judges who had heard from the Spirit of God, and they would lead Israel, right? But it wasn't a special class of people. It was just people who heard the voice of God and obeyed it. That is all that is required to step into leadership in the kingdom of God. If you hear God's voice clearly and you obey his voice. That's it, okay? And so don't get caught into some kind of mindset, well, oh, I need to go through these programs and seminars and trainings for years and years. No. If you really desire the Lord and you're really pursuing him with all of your heart 
and all of your soul and all your mind, right, with all of your being, you're chasing after God. Then you're going to hear his voice. And if you really love him, you're also going to obey him, which means that you have developed the qualities required to be a leader in the kingdom of God. That's it. That's all that is required of you. And it's amazing because those two simple things are all that it takes for the miraculous and supernatural to begin manifesting in your life. Because you take somebody like Gideon, right? God said, you're a mighty warrior. Now go, you're going to lead my people and you're going to uh, free them, right, from this oppression from the Midianites. And Gideon, you know, and he was kind of afraid and he was kind of doubtful, but he obeyed the Lord. And because of that, with just a few hundred men, they defeated tens of thousands of Midianites. God transformed him into this general that was able to do the impossible, right? But it wasn't by Gideon's strength. It was by the leading of God. Now, the reason why I'm talking about this is because the vast majority of Christians never really make it past the wilderness phase of the journey, right? They, they really never enter the promised land, which is a land that is overflowing with blessings and abundance, but it's being ruled by wicked nations. Okay, these are people that they do human sacrifices to gods, to false gods, right? They practice all kinds of witchcraft, all kinds of wickedness, and they're the ones who have all the resources, they're the ones who have all of this territory, and God said, no, I have set apart this good land and I'm giving it to you, and here you will establish my kingdom, right? So wherever God is sending you, first you have to go through a period where you are relying on the Lord for even your basic food, for your water, for all of your basic needs. You had to leave behind the way you knew how to live in Egypt, right? The Israelites, all they knew was slavery. And that's how they got their food. That's how they got their water. That's how they got everything. They had to go through the wilderness where none of the old ways of doing things worked anymore. They were forced to rely on God. But what happened, right? Some of them murmured, oh, why are we here? Oh, this is hard. I'm thirsty, right? Even though God had performed all these miracles for them, what were they doing? They were murmuring. They were complaining and all this stuff. And God had to wait for a whole new generation because of their complaining and because of their unbelief before he could bring them into the promised land. A lot of Christians never make it past this phase, which is learning to yield to God and rely on him in every area of your life. Even those things that we think we're good at, right? Oh, well, you know, I, I studied this. I went to school for this. I've gone through training for these things. No, in every area of our life, we should bring it before the Lord and say, Lord, is this how I'm supposed to go about doing these things? Is this how you want me to go forward in this arena? And in my own life, I've had to learn how to yield to the Lord, right? Because I had, I had plans for my life. I, I thought I was going to do this and I thought I was going to do that. And the Lord said, no, you're going to go to film school to prepare for the arts entertainment industry. And so there I was, and little did I know. And so I yielded to the Lord, and I went to study film. And then while I was in film school, I was making all these plans. And I was thinking, oh yeah, I'm going to go to Hollywood, I'm going to make this, I'm going to do that. And then God said, no, you're not going to do that. You're going to come to San Antonio, and you're going to work in the ministry. 
and you're going to help Pastor Chris, Pastor Mike, with the ministry. And then when I went back there, God said then, now you need to learn how to program. You need to learn how to make software and do these things. Right? It's a yielding of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit taught me those things that I need to know, and now that's my primary income is software engineering. But it wasn't because I took a course for it. It wasn't because I went to some training for it. No, the Lord said, you need to learn how to do this. And so I had to engage the Holy Spirit, Lord, okay, I don't know what I'm doing. How? How do I make software? What's the first step? And I had to exercise discipline in allowing the Holy Spirit to teach me how to do these things. And we have to imagine what it must have been like for somebody like Noah, where there had never been a flood. You know, a lot of people think also there had never been any rain or anything like that at that time. And then the Lord said, Noah, you're going to build an ark. And it's going to be this big. It's going to hold two of every animal, right? Two of every kind of animal because I'm bringing a flood that's going to cover the entire earth. And it's going to reset the world, right? Noah probably had no concept of what an ark or even a boat or any of these things even looked like, right? But he yielded to the Lord. And he allowed the Holy Spirit to guide him, right? Okay, how do I build this thing? What materials am I supposed to use, right? How are these things supposed to connect together, right? And then when it was finally built, okay, how do I take care of these animals? I've never seen that animal before. I have no idea what that is. What does it even eat, right? And everything he had to yield to the Holy Spirit. And if there was a single point where Noah did not follow and obey God, that ship would have sunk and we wouldn't be here, right? We can be here, thankfully, because Noah obeyed the Lord in everything. So we have to take on this mindset that where the Lord is leading you, you don't know how to build it. You don't know how to execute this plan. You don't even know the fullness of the plan, right? Right now you might think you know, but you don't. You have to assume that my human knowledge is worthless. And I need to go to God in everything, everything. I have to go to God. We have to make that assumption. Because what happened is, so Noah, the scripture says that by the time Noah had his three sons, the Lord spoke to Noah and said, you're going to build this ark. And we know that Noah was 500 years old when he finally had his three sons. So he was somewhere at least 500 years old, at least. So he might have been 500, he might have been 550. We don't know, but at least 500 years old. The scripture also tells us that Noah was 600 years old when he entered the ark. So sometime after 500, all the way to when he was 600 years old, Noah was building the ark and obeying the Lord. Continual and consistent faith and obedience to God are the reason Noah was able to complete the task that God had for him. And that's what it's going to take in our life is continual and consistent, yielding to the Holy Spirit and obeying God. And until we learn to walk that as part of our daily life, we cannot enter governance over foreign industries and nations, right? Because the Israelites, they had to go through that refining process in the wilderness on trusting God and everything, what they're going to eat, what they're going to drink. They had to go walk through that before they could enter the promised land. And so if you're wondering, well, why is it that I haven't been able to step into my calling? Have you gone through that refining process? 
in every area of your life? Are you obeying the Lord or are you yielding to him? Or are there still areas in your heart that you have not surrendered to the Lord? It's time for us to offer our whole heart to God. Every area of our life. Because you know what? God so desires to bless you and to use you mightily. That's why he called you. And through you, his name is going to be glorified throughout the earth. That's why he called us. But God will always take care of you and those things that concern you. The problem is, and what gets in the way, is ourselves and our own stubbornness. It was the same thing in the wilderness. It was the same thing during the years of the kingdom of Israel where they would rebel against the Lord and then they turn back to God. And then they rebel against the Lord and they would turn back to God, right? It was never God. It was always their own stubbornness. And it, the same is true today. If only we would listen to God, if only we would yield to him, then he would surely bless us. He would surely bring revival to this nation. He would surely uproot corruption out of our government. If only the church would yield to the Lord and obey him. It says in Matthew chapter 23, verse 37, and this is, it shows the kind of longing that the Lord has for his people. Because during this chapter, Jesus is saying, you know, woe to you Pharisees because of this and because of that and because of that. And he's, he's listing out all these reasons why they, there's woe unto them. And the Pharisees at the time, they were the spiritual leaders of the nation. And they had been mishandling the properties and the responsibilities and the opportunities that the Lord had given him. And we know how Jesus explains to us the kingdom of God operates where we're given certain responsibilities. Just like the parable of the talents in Matthew and the parable of the ten minas in Luke, which is that this master gives his servants some kind of monetary resource and he says, now go, be responsible with it, and produce with it. And the ones who didn't produce, they were called wicked and they were thrown out. So in the kingdom of God, we're expected to be productive with the things that God has given us. So Jesus was saying woe to the Pharisees because they had misused their position to enrich themselves. And then he says in verse 37, so this is Matthew chapter 23, verse 37. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings and you were not willing. Look, your house is left to you desolate. For I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. It's not the fault of God that Jerusalem became desolate and that they were oppressed and all of these things. Because Jesus is showing, right? It was the will of the Lord to gather them and protect them and provide for them, but they weren't willing, right? He sent prophets, they would kill the prophets. He sent messengers, they stoned them. And the same happens today where the biggest opposition that Jesus faced when he was here on the earth was against the spiritual leaders that inhabited Israel at the time. The same is often true to this day, where it will be ministers, pastors, and preachers that will oppose the will of God because, oh, it's not under their ministry, it's not under their umbrella, or it's not fitting with their doctrines or their understanding of how the Holy Spirit works. And they will fight so passionately and fervorously for their traditions rather than for the move of the Holy Spirit. 
But you see, it's not God the reason why they weren't blessed and provided for. It was because of their own rebelliousness and their own stubbornness that things had gotten so bad. The same is true in this day. The reason why things have gotten as bad as they are in this nation, not just in politics, because let's face it, in politics it's looking really bad, right? But even in the way the education system is, the way entertainment is, just how wicked and dark and perverted so much of our culture has become, the reason it has gotten so bad is because of the stubbornness of the church. You know, the Lord spoke to us years ago saying that, you know, as we were leading into the 2020 election, and he said, if my people will unite and pray and follow my will, then I will move in this upcoming election and corruption will be uprooted out of Washington, D.C. And one of the prophetic words that the Lord had spoken to us was that the move of God that he's bringing, we're going to see the most righteous government that this nation has ever had, even since its founding. Now that is amazing that the Lord would say that to us. But then he continued, but if they do not unite, then you'll have to wait again another two years. So this was back in 2020. That opportunity passed because the church was stubborn. We got so involved along political lines, around fighting and defending all these things, rather than listening to the Lord and obeying the Lord. Then the Lord said, okay, if not during that election, then you'll have to wait another two years, right? The midterm elections. Well, that opportunity also passed by. We still have not been obeying God. We still have not united and focused on the things of God, not looking at what the world is doing and trying to react to it and trying to explain away what's happening in the world, because that's what's happening right now is that a lot of people, they'll look at what's happening in the world and they'll try to explain why it's happening. But in doing so, we have become spectators. We should be the ones making the news, which means take whatever it is that God told you to do and focus on that. That's your number one priority, right? For Noah, he was building this ark for decades and decades and decades, which means it didn't matter what was going around in the world around him. He was still focused on building the ark, and we have no idea what was going on in the world around him. That should give us some perspective, which is that I sh- I'm sure there was all kinds of events and political strife and wars or whatever that were happening during the time of Noah. We have no idea because all of those things have passed away and faded to time. The only thing we know about the time of Noah is that there was wickedness in the land and Noah obeyed God and God brought a great reset through the flood. The scripture already tells us, right? In the last days, there's going to be wars and rumors of wars. And there's going to be all these things and knowledge is going to increase and all of these things, right? Focus on what God is telling you to do. Well, we've already missed those two opportunities. 2020 has passed us by. 2022 has passed us by. And then the Lord said, but if they still didn't unite and they still didn't focus on my ways of thinking and my ways of doing things, then in 2024, then that's when the move will have to come. We are now at that third opportunity. It's up to us whether we are going to obey God or not. We have to focus on God's ways of doing things. We have to get out of being political and remember 
that we're supposed to be kingdom-minded. And something that we have to really check in our own spirit is we have to really look at people with love. Because especially when it comes to politics, it's really easy to fall into this mindset of team sports, right? Oh, we're going to win some points against the other side. Oh, look at how stupid these people are, right? Oh, these dumb people, can you believe that they think this? Or can you believe that they said this? We have to understand that those people are lost. They don't know their right from their left. So we can mock them and we can belittle them, but do you think that that's really the will of God? No, we have to look at them with compassion and love. We have to look at them with the heart of God because remember what you were like before you knew Christ. Let's face it, you were probably a mess. You didn't know your right from your left. But God still looked at you and said, No, I died for that person. Remember this, brothers and sisters. Our war is not against flesh and blood. The people on the other side of the political aisle are not your enemies. Right? Sometimes, maybe they're being used for wicked purposes. But remember, our war is against principalities. Forces of darkness. That's what we're working against. It's not people. God desires that they would be saved just as much as he desired that you would be saved. And let's be grateful to God for that, that he is more gracious and merciful and loving than we are. Right? We really have to repent because the church has gotten so involved in these political games that we can't even see the will of God. So we have to determine in our hearts that we're going to take on the heart of God. And we're going to begin exercising the will of God so that we can step into governance. Concerning the education industry, God intends to give it to the church. Concerning the political industry, God intends to give it to the church. Concerning the entertainment and finances and science and technology, God intends to give it to the body of Christ. Just like during the times of Moses, the promised land was inhabited by wicked nations and people who did not know God who worshipped false gods and committed witchcraft and all kinds of wicked things. But that land, God set it apart for his people. It is the same this day. So yes, of course, they're doing wicked things in the world. What do you expect? We, the body of Christ, have to step into our position, right? Which means going through that wilderness process, learning to trust God in everything, And then God will be able to trust you with governance. Just like in the parable of the ten minas. He had ten servants. Each one was given one mina, which is about three months wages. And he said, put this money to work. And the first servant came back and he said, look, you gave me this one and I have produced ten minas with it. And then he said, very good. Now I will put you over ten cities. The next one came, look, I produced five minas with the one you gave me. Very good, I will now put you over five cities, right? If you prove yourself faithful in the small things that God has given you, then God can begin to trust you with governance over nations and industries. But if we're still here where we are now, that means that we have not yet shown God that we're faithful with what he's given us. Take the instructions that the Lord has given you and begin to put them to work. I'm going to close with this passage from Psalms 81. We're just going to read through it. It says in Psalms chapter 81, verse 8, Hear me, my people, and I will warn you. If only you would listen to me, Israel. You shall have no foreign gods among you. You shall not worship any god than me. I am the Lord your God who brought you up out of Egypt. 
Open wide your mouth, and I will fill it. But my people would not listen to me. Israel would not submit to me. So I gave them over to their stubborn hearts to follow their own devices. If my people would only listen to me, if Israel would only follow my ways, how quickly I would subdue their enemies and turn my hand against their foes. Those who hate the Lord would cringe before him, and their punishment would last forever. But you, my people, would be fed with the finest of wheat, with honey from a rock, I would satisfy you. This is what the Lord wishes to do to his body, the church, in this day. If only we would follow the Lord and listen to him. But I'm out of time for this week, so I want to thank you so much for tuning in. Again, my name is Joshua Sasso, and you've been listening to the prophetic voice of our time. Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to the prophetic voice of our time. We really hope you were blessed by today's episode. And if you were, we want to hear from you. You can call us at 210-695-1630. Or you can email us at sogmi at outlook.com. That's S-O-G-M-I at outlook.com. And we really encourage you to visit our website, sogmi.org. That is S-O-G-M-I dot That's where you can listen to previous episodes of this podcast and even support this podcast. We're supported by listeners just like you. So if you want to support this ministry, you can go to SOGMI.org and hit the donate button. You can also send a check to P.O. Box 1579, Lotus, Texas 78023. Again, that is P.O. Box 1579, Lotus, Texas 78023. Thank you.